Judas? Start your sublight engines. It's time for RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome to our discussion of the season three finale of The Mandalorian, The Return. My name is Mel. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on social media at Melvin Culpa and on TikTok at Grunkle Rex. And my gender this week is Axe Wove's Immaculate Pullout Game. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh my God. Stalangios is I mean, shitting, <laughs> farting, throwing up. No, because no, because you know what? If Axe Woves was on the bottom half of Starlight Beacon instead of Stalangios and Elzar Man, then everyone would have been fine. Real. Like, I was, I'm I was sorry. About the 501st at the end of at the end of burying the dead. I was no. like, oh, so if they had just had jetpacks and everything would have been fine. Like, like Axel was like, sorry to Amelin Holdo, I'm built different. <laughs> No, literally, the Woves maneuver, he said, you have a jetpack. Thinking about Axwell just being like, I'm going to fly into space. Fuck you guys. We'll talk about that later. I was thinking about that too. Fuck, okay, yeah. No, fuck Leia. <laughs> Axwell's is my only bitch who flies <laughs> through space. It was a very like Clone Wars season one moment where they were like, okay, what they're wearing is definitely not like, it's not suitable for space, but okay, I'll let it slide. <laughs> we have to table the Axe talk for now. We'll get to it. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's Fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is late term abortion provider Dinjarin. Oh my God! And I must say, for that reason, he saw those Moff Gideon clones and said, I, I don't think so. I don't care what term <laughs> they're on. We're getting rid of them. It's so dark. It's that was no, because- funny as shit. <laughs> Here's the problem I have with those little guys is that they were not little guys. They were like fully full grown ass men. Why would you make them the age that you are and not just like raise them from child? Like also birth. I didn't want to raise them. My fear is that those are like definitely old enough to be viable. Like, do you think that those clones were like, like, (laughs) no, I'm serious. I'm saying like, I was really expecting Din to like break them open for all of them to get out and be like, hey, (laughs) yeah. And to be like, Oh hey guys, we're here. Like, did that would like they're adults. They should be fine, right? Unless he's cloning them, like well, they don't he, have to go through the stages of life like well, other mean, people. I mean, he said like he's doing experiments with force sensitivity, so they may or may not have even come out, right? We don't know. I like so. that they were they were trying to make normal clones, and then they were like I don't know what's going on, but they all keep being adults. Like, we keep trying to, like, you know, make them normal clones, like, from babies, but they keep being adults. And and um, Moff Gideon's like, yeah, no, I was actually born. That's how I looked as a baby. <laughs> I've actually so, looked like this my so entire life. Benjamin Button ass? What is he doing? Yeah, Moff Gideon's actually, like, three years old, guys. <laughs> it's the opposite of the beach from old. Hi, I'm Claudia. My pronouns are she, her, and you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says, and my gender this week is, we're popping big bottles when Dinbo happens. Okay, Claudia. Okay, wait, I had to do it you guys hear that like weird like whistling sound in the back? Yeah, oh, no, I Claudia. I Sorry, I thought it was like a vacuum or something. Was, wait, I have to um, say it again. I have to say it again because no. I didn't get through it. No. Yeah, we're popping the guys. We're we're <laughs> never mind. I can't be mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm popping bottles if Dinbo happens. <laughs> Fuck when, you. My our gender is we're popping big bottles and Dinbo happens tomorrow. And I'm saying that if you don't know what that is a reference to, if you are 
Everyone is getting mad at me, but some people don't know every joke on the internet. So that's why I'm explaining. Okay? <laughs> don't you dare fucking compare Dinbo to Makora. What <laughs> you, Claudia? It's giving, the, it's giving the star. Listen, I was a Makora shipper, okay? I was one. Holy shit. We no, reveal. No, 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 we no, 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 reveal. Everybody stop. Everybody you stop. cannot be. No, you hold cannot on, be. Claudia. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. You cannot I was, be. And, I was, no. I was no, no, not, no. Hold on. Hold on. I was not a Makora shipper past season two. So no. by the time Poppy season two. <laughs> okay, the beginning. Okay, I should say. Be the beginning of season two. Of the beginning of season two, I was like, what is this? And I stopped. And I was like. Bitch, Asami was right there in okay, season no. one. What were you doing? I thought it was. Listen. Claudia, you cannot be anti-Dinvo and pro-Makora right. through right. season let me, two. Let me, I, did, I didn't say through season two. I said the be- it ended promptly at the beginning of season two, number one. Number two, I didn't say I was anti-Dinvo. I just thought it was very funny. I just thought it was very funny. Everyone was like, Dinvo, whatever. And there was definitely food for the Dinvo shippers in this finale, for sure, for sure. However, I'm a, I'm a Din armorer shipper. Din armor? Oh, no! <laughs> Ah, no! Hmm. <laughs> Mima. No, no, somebody, somebody Mima, reveals of Claudia's shifts no, tonight. No, 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 no. That's not what I meant. I meant I'm a bow and the armorer shipper, and there was a lot of food. And I'll just say this: uh, Din wasn't even there for the relighting of the forge. He wasn't even there for all of that, and for her, and for her big moment, for Bo-Katan's big moment. So. You lost the Dinbo shippers. You lost. This is a sl- this is all slash J. I d- I don't care. Does it make I- you feel superior? <laughs> Does it make you feel good when other people find joy in something and you say this is actually compat? Does that make you feel happy, Claudia? I'm just being a bitch. I I don't actually. I just that's okay, all- Mima. Okay. It's time Here's for bed. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is actually a gender courtesy of Claire, who said it during the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so you can blame them. Um. Anyways, if you would like to know what they're we're popping big bottles when Makora no. happens tomorrow is go look it up on Know You're Me. I'm Jess. My pronouns are well. I I've been really questioning my pronouns lately. So um, this week we're gonna spice it up. My pronouns this week are they he. Um. <laughs> Uh, and you can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio, and my gender this week is Grogu's funny little um waddle. So true. Do you see him walking into the little like hangout spot for all the <laughs> the New Republic like pilots? He's waddling along, and I was like, he uh, was Grogu doing walks a lot up of, to the like, lemonade stand, and he said to the man running the stand. Stop. Batu. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that's what he said. No. And Grogu, he was like fucking flying too. I was like, damn, he's got hops. He was really like, you know, Luke really trained him to hop. Luke was, if Luke taught Grogu one thing when they were briefly together, I don't know how long actually, it, might have, it was probably more than just briefly. When they were together, he was like, jump, jump, little guy. Luke Skywalker's Jedi school really should have just been like a basketball intensive. <laughs> when you think about it, no, I feel like he would a trampoline park. <laughs> okay. Urban air owned by 
by Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I bet Ben Solo would not have turned to the dark side if that if that was what it was. Maybe your stupid little Jedi temple should have been a trampoline park and you wouldn't have plunged the universe into darkness, you fucking twink. But some of us are working hard at picking that. Sorry, I'm like, I don't know why I just like came for Luke Skywalker. Because he needs it. Yeah, maybe if it was a trampoline park, maybe Ben Solo would have not turned out the way he did. Ben Solo is like that because he was like, Master Luke, can we go to a trampoline park? And he was like, no. And he was like, okay, I've got a solution in mind. I'm Noah. My pronouns are he, him. And you can find me on social media at the Jewish Jedi. And my gender this week is my clown shoes are squeaking and they are tied on tight because I spent... Every episode of this show thinking this is the one where Cobb Band will make his appearance. And you'll know he not once did. Even after those final moments, I was like, surely now he will come on the screen. Cobb Vanth, where are you? I he lost the Glove Shadow Olympics. He, he could okay. have been in that cabin. And I believe in my heart that he was. But not seeing him. Like, I lost the Glove Shadow Olympics. It's indisputable. I mean, Din was... Din was, like, now he lives on the outer rim, whatever. He has plenty of time to visit his two boyfriends on Tatooine. That's what they set it up. So, Din Cobb Cannon, obviously. Also, yeah. I didn't get to see my girl Sabine, so we all lost. You okay, know, but at least um, we've seen Sabine you. in a trailer. We know she's coming. I was gonna say, I'm like, she's been somewhere. <laughs> no, I would just, no, I would just, no. No, because fuck you guys. I won. I know. Oh, I'll have to be like, I can see Mel. Mel's like winding up to like talk about how a nation, Dick's nation, the fucking won this season. And like, yeah, we'll give it to Mel. Give it to Mel. I would say in yeah. the, the Glubshido Olymp. I mean, we'll talk about this for the whole season. But in the Glubshido Olympics, I do believe both Mel and Ollie won this season completely. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to undermine Mel, but like, we kind of knew Axe was gonna be in this season because like he like Simon Cassiodides was like. We didn't know spotted he on gonna... the set. Well, he, we, he was spotted on the set. Like, people knew he was going to be in it in some capacity. Gotta Theb? No one knew that bitch was going to be there. Do not make Garazeb Aurelio Spanish. That's an insult. No one <laughs> no one knew his ass was going to be there. And the fact that he appeared on my birthday, I win. Now, this is when I actually trick you guys and uh, reveal that <laughs> I am <laughs> a Brendel Hux. I can't even finish the sentence. Oh my god, Jessica's <laughs> standing Brendel Hux since day one. No, I, I don't fucking care about Brendel Hux. I was gonna say, I'm actually a Trapper Wolf stand to see him twice. No, so ew. I, yeah, the entire time, like, I see your stupid little cowboy hat back there. I think, see you. Do you think Trapper Wolf and Carson Teva have ever? Absolutely, 100%. More oh. than once. I, They're wow. always at that little bar together. Was that a gay bar? Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, Zeb is there, so... Any bar he walks into is a gay bar, I get it. Yeah, you're right. So this is our... This episode, we're just going to be talking about the finale. We are going to do, like, an actual wrap-up episode where we talk about this season of The Mandalorian as a whole next week. So just keep that in mind as you listen. And for all of you bitches who are on this podcast, keep that in mind when you try to talk about your final thoughts. Something I thought that was really fun... Jedi Survivor is coming out in a few days. This episode was so Fallen Order coded in so many ways. Like, you see, like, spoilers for Fallen Order, but, like, the scene from Dathomir where Jaro destroys Cal's lightsaber, Moff Gideon did that thing to Bo-Katan, and I was like, I see you. 
There was a little droid who was scomping into things. Real. I will say that scene with the with the droid and then all the mouse droids, I did, and apparently a couple people on Twitter, we all had the same reaction of like, well, if it was Chopper, he would have thrown down. So if it was oh, Chopper, those I, mouse droids would have been dead. I saw the mouse droids and was just like, yay, mouse droids. Woo. Those are my my allies. I will also say, read this episode being Fallen Order coded. There were a lot of platforms inside of a cave. And I really appreciated the number of sections in the game in which there are platforms inside of a cave. No, I would have loved for Din Djarin to start wall running. Um, Din Djarin wall runs and then sort of slowly falls off because you don't push him (laughs) the rest of the way and he just falls into the abyss. I mean, we kind of got Grogu wall running. Not really wall running, but he was doing his little flips. Okay, Grogu Calcestis parallels. All right. Thank you so much for listening to RuPaul's Pod Race. <laughs> no, I, I, so I just want to say, like, there's been a lot of um, discourse about this episode and then the season as a whole, whatever. Um, I I have to say, I try to, we've said many times our issues with this season are, like, our issues with The Mandalorian as a whole. We've, like, said it a bunch, whatever. It has to do a lot with how TV is made, whatever. We're probably going to say that, like, 18,000 bajillion times. Um, I also have said a couple times, like, it's interesting for me when I talk about Star Wars with the Star Wars people, which are you guys, but also other people, but also my friend Mars, who's like not in, in the shits with Star Wars. And we've had some really interesting conversations about how thematically both this episode and then for the whole like season or whatever has been really interesting as, as a, as a cultural moment and like thematically. And for me, the part that sold it for me and that made me go, I think this was a good season finale because um was like this season was about mandalorian culture as a whole din Djarin helping his culture helping them literally return back all this kind of stuff whatever and the big climactic moment is them destroying the dark saber and I, that to me was my that was my favorite part because like the whole thing is that the dark saber it was built as something to unite everyone and the whole thing is that Mandalorians are their religion is their religion is weapons, and that was the whole thing. But it ends up being a tool of division and used as a tool of division all this time. And Bo-Katan herself has believed all this time that she needed that in order to unite everybody. And so then it's destroyed, and her reaction is not like, "Oh fuck!" Her reaction is is finally like, "Okay, well." actually our biggest weapon is our collective strength or whatever and it's 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 din who comes in and helps or whatever and it's it's axe with the steel chair aka the fucking star destroyer or whatever but she's like i actually don't need it i don't need the sword i just have the, the people around me and what i did like about that was like you know what the show has its ups and downs whatever but i will say like star wars is at its best when it is about how fascism is, fascism is only defeated through collective action. And this was like very symbolic of that. And I loved how Dave Filoni is like, you know, I'm saying Dave, but it's Dave and John and Rick at this point, whatever. But like for Dave, especially like with the Darksaber starting with like the Clone Wars and everything, like for it to be a part of that very, very like specific message of Star Wars, I very much liked. I know that everybody will have like their nitpicks or whatever, but I was like, I, I liked that. I like how there was a specific political message there um my friend mars has talked a lot about and i'm really excited to read the, their review actually um from their perspective of like how it's really interesting how like it's not only a collectivist culture but also one that values like protecting children and shit like that and like 
what that means in our current culture, whatever. So, like, I appreciated it. It also had a lot of great Star Wars moments. Like, yeah, there, this is a show called The Mandalorian, and I just got to, I got to see Mandalorians beat ass in the air with jetpacks um, and two women, one with a giant hammer and one with a big sword, beat people in the air. And you know what? I think that's all you need in television, to be honest. I was hooting and hollering i was screaming aloud that was just such a fun scene that whole sequence of like that entire that like the big fight and like being cut with me being like oh my god axel is about to kill himself to, to save everyone and then he was like actually i live bitch like that whole sequence of them flying into the the stupid ass imperial guards or whatever with the best guard like that whole scene was so fun and it was like really good fight direction like the sequence was rick mm -hmm. shout out to rick who directed this episode shout out to rick but also shout out to all of the people who do like special effects because that shit was very cool and very well done and i loved like i love the pacing of it i just thought this was a very well paced episode as well also, Din's fights, all of the fights that Din got to do, I was, like, so true. He is serving. I forgot that, like, Din is such a competent fighter. Just because we haven't seen him do so much, like, one-on-one -on -one or, like, combat fighting in that way. So it was very reminiscent of, like, the Prison Break episode from season one. Yeah. Both, both the Prison Break and also the season two finale where he's, yeah. he's beating Moff Gideon's ass also. I liked when Bo-Katan yelled um she had the dark saber and she sort of like screamed i thought that was mega kind of her uh <laughs> let's see what else happened this episode um i liked yeah i liked seeing din gets to do hand-to-hand -hand combat like, he's very slightful at that i feel like we didn't like he didn't get to do a whole lot he always is like i have a bullet and like that's sort of how that ends so seeing him like fuck up some guards was pretty sweet um yeah, I also thought, I don't know, Moff Gideon to me in season two, he's like this like menacing season one and two, he's like this like very menacing, uh, like evil force. And then this season I was like, he is a whiny child who is sort of running around doing God knows what, which like, to be clear, I'm not mad at because I think it's funny. But when he was like, you ruined them. I'd finally given them the one thing I never had, the force. Like I was like, you sound like you're five. And she's been told that you cannot have pancakes for breakfast. Like, I like he sounded so like petulant. I was like, okay, diva, whatever you say. Well, he was he was serving Krennic in Rogue One, who goes from like I'm a menacing fascist to actually I'm just a fucking baby child, and I kind of love that because like he, like when we finally get to the end and they're just a baby, they're just a bit. He's literally he's like I'm cosplaying as Darth Vader and also Mandalorians, and I have little they're like yeah, you are ridiculous and stupid. Die, fascist bitch. I love that. Yeah, how about his, his little, like, I finally was giving them, like, force powers and had the same kind of, like, vibe as when Krennic is just like, we stand here amidst my achievements. Um, that just kind of reminded me, and I'm about to, I'm about to do a deep cut, something I didn't even realize was, that was within me. Do y'all remember, uh, oh my god, what is his name? Trevor Morale? Is that his name? The guy who who wrote a a script for the for the ninth Star Wars film, Colin Trevorrow. Colin Trevorrow. There we go. I'm sorry, I couldn't. 
all these names. <laughs> Anyways, white man did Star Wars. exactly, okay. exactly. On his script of Duel of the Fates, he had Hux as this character who was like a kind of like a fanboy, and he's like, eh, I want to be involved, and that's what this kind of reminded me of. Um, also, I just I don't know Moff Gideon. He was kind of giving Appleton Candle, um, Appleton Candle Lady. From Shut the up! Body Works <laughs> oh my rant. god. Um, oh my god, guys, you need to look up the Appleton Bath and Body Works candle lady. That shit that's is crazy. A good, that's a good reference. Um, no, one thing I really like, Claudia kind of mentioned it, but I want to touch on it a little more is I think that it's something very interesting we see is that like, you know, when we saw the, the hashtag, the shadow council, like they were all kind of doing their own thing. And I'm like, low key, all of you are bitchy and petulant and like children so what something i really like that this show is highlighting is being like are you a fascist you have the mentality of a spoiled child like i think that there is a very interesting commentary there and in the end fascism and the brand of fascism that they are practicing is ultimately about self-gain and is about um achieving your own individual goals and I i think it also plays a lot into like just characterizing this this ideal and like what these people saw in the empire and like it was not like oh the empire is a good ruling method it is the empire is a good tool for self like for, for um political gain and for individual growth it is a way to game the system in which you do not have to do it in an equitable or you know, um, not equitable. What is the word? Like a, in a, in a, in an ethical, thank you. You don't have to do it in an ethical way. I just think that it's a very interesting, it's very telling. And then seeing Moff Gideon have a little meltdown about it. I was like, this is very telling. It's saying a lot. You're telling on yourself, Diva. The two, the two things, like knowing some of the canon stuff, like Stuff like this, a couple of the various shadow councils and shit that exists, both in Legends and in Canon, were basically like Palpatine set this shit up so that the weakest of the weak would fight each other and burn out, so that only the only the strong would be left for the the final order and shit like that. So it's interesting to like Moff Gideon is almost like he's like the example of that. But um, also I have to give credit to Star Wars Facts Guy on TikTok because he also said looking at it from a non-political point of view it is also a metaphor for star wars fandom in that um the people who are like i i'm about the lore and i collect the things and i think it looks cool like moff gideon whatever you look like a fucking clown um and on the people who are like let's divide everybody um you look like a fucking clown and all the people who are like upset about the dark saber like being being d- destroyed or whatever because he came at it from this thing of like oh the people who are upset about the dark saber being destroyed it was ever was like yeah you're y- like you're the clown who's not getting it just like moff gideon who thinks that it's about the symbols thinks that it's about the lore when it's not it's about the fucking themes you idiot um anyway i th- i don't know if they did that on purpose but if they did i love a good fuck you to the audience <laughs> i love a soups moff gideon parallels i think that's kind of fun I don't know why, but I do feel like Moff Gideon is the type of person to, um, first of all, pay for Twitter blue. 
boo, tomato, tomato, tomato. But also, much like um, one Star Wars theory, um, have long-ass essay tweets. No, you're so right. He would. He would. I know that he's tweeting the most, like, long... Also, like, they're not even, like... Like, he doesn't even have a lot of shit to share. He's just saying words, and he's, like, he's, like, in the long course of history. He's, like, sequels fans. Tell me when... Tell me... Think about it from a critical perspective. What would people dislike? And people who hate the sequels, tell me from a critical perspective. (laughs) If we do do this, if we do this, then the fandom will come together and we will heal the schism of 1512. Like, shut up. I don't know if you guys have seen this, but there is this guy on TikTok, and I don't know why my free page put like four of his videos in a row, but it was this guy who's like average Redditor. And he's like going through airport security and they're like, do you have any metals on you? And he's like, well, the human body has a variety of metals on it. You'll have to, you'll, you'll sound like a bit like a plebeian. I'm like, that is Moff Gideon. <laughs> is Moff Gideon is an average Reddit user. I also feel like he's a lot like, he's a lot like the fandom menace and he's a lot like Star Wars theory because he has a lot of shit to say about Bo-Katan that is not founded in reality. <laughs> I, yeah, I do love how they had the, the gay woman with a sword beat his ass. I love that. And then Axe Wolves, obviously. <laughs> I just... I, we claim him. We we have to return to the fact that we went from, oh, Axe Wolves, silly little glub shooter, to like, Axe Wolves with a steel chair saves no. the day. <laughs> I truly was like, I think that from a lot of us, and I know this is true for Mel, I'll speak on your behalf, but is that Axe was funny just because we were like, what the fuck happened? They left him in the shitter. Like, that's hilarious. To being like, I'm genuinely going to be upset if Axe Wolves dies. To being like, I was like cheering. I was... Who, I was screaming crying when axe was like i'm gonna do something when he was like bo-katan needs our help i was like so true (laughs) he really was the collective group help glub shit well and he embodies what being a glub shit like the true glub shit arc like going from like little guy that nobody knows about to being like the guy like like that is that is the Star is, Wars oh! trajectory. He is like a lot like Cobb Vanth in a lot of ways. No, literally. <laughs> like in the way that it's like he shows up for two minutes in one thing, like Cobb Vanth was in Aftermath, but it's like shows up for like two seconds and is not important. And then suddenly is like, actually, I'm quite important to the plot of this Filoni Favreau joint. Hey, now you said that, uh, and just because you mentioned them being some similar in that regard but you put their their names together and now my brain was like cob slash axe cax cax okay cox 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 okay guys cox dicks polycule i think we are fourth graders no cuz paz so yeah, as the, the, the cock sticks ass. Guys, the polycule continues to grow. Maybe the real romance smackdown was the cock. The cock sticks ass. Yeah. <laughs> Claudia, you have to say the full government name. It's the cock sticks ass polycule. <laughs> Didn't pass the that look you win. I just want to say this. I know that they're sucking and fucking, and I support that. 
Oh, wow. Okay, also, Fallbite, this is something really important to me, guys, that I have to consider while whilst editing this episode. Will I be advocating for the title of this episode being Cox Dick's Ass? I, I think yes. So I'm prepared for that to be the episode title. Um, I don't remember if you said it, Mel. Do you want to talk about how your character was the only bitch who got any sort of screen time with Din Djarin? I, don't I, know did, if, men- I did mention that. Let me just... Um, rub this L, not this L, this W, all up in your guys' faces. Um, the fact that Axel's, it's just so weird for me to experience it because I feel like I'm quite the fan of a of a glove shitto, of a guy who's really definitely not going to be important in the long scheme of Star Wars. See, Comac Vitus. Sorry, Comac. Love you, guy. Anyways, what are you but- talking about? Comac Vitus was the reason that Axwell was able to survive. <laughs> He's also guys. Didn't you not see him? He was standing just off screen. <laughs> Comac Vitus and he was in the cabin with Cobb Vanth at Din's house. Anyways, wait, mm-hmm. wait, Din Comac, <laughs> Domac, <laughs> Kin, Kin. <laughs> okay, let's talk about Kin. Anyways. Anyways, point is, um, it just is refreshing to see a character that I have put so much random bullshit on have a character and it not be quite exactly how I thought he would be. I thought he'd be a little bit more, um, I don't know, not xenophobic, but you know, sometimes we lose, sometimes we win. Do uh, anyways. Okay. Axe could do one of those, like, influencer apologies when they apologize for saying something that's, like, racially charged, obviously bad, and be like, I said those things because they were the worst things I could think of, and it was honestly a heat-of-the-moment thing, and I'm so sorry for telling like Dejarin that he should have been, <laughs> he's not actually a Mandalorian blood. Like, I really don't think I can picture anything else now besides Axe woes on the Jeffree Star apology couch. That's no, I, I do! Alternatively, I do also love the idea. This is not an apology video, but I'm just thinking about Axe Woves' controversial YouTube era. Hey there, it's Mel. Editing. It was at this point that, unbeknownst to us while recording, Noah's audio shit the bed. We don't have him for the rest of the episode. Um, I don't know why. I'm currently going through my first run of editing. Um, so I don't know how greatly impactful the lack of Noah will be in the rest of this episode. But no, trust that he was there. Oh, wow. It's about to get so dark, guys. No, because I need a show that's just... I need a prequel show that's about... That takes place between, um, like, Rebels and the mandalorian um that's din or not din oh my god fuck you din it's not about you <laughs> but it's it's bo katan meeting axe and Casca and being like these are my two bitches and we're gonna hang can we have like a sitcom about those three <laughs> it would be so rancid i love it because I, I also feel like Casca low-key constantly has beef with axe like she's like every time he opens his mouth, she's like, "I love him, we're teammates." But every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, "Oh my fucking god, shut the fuck up!" No one asked you. WLW MLM hostility. Period. You know when like he's coming back in with the the fucking ship about to crash it into the base, and he's just like, "Bo, Koska." I was just like, "The Koska, Koska." No, I thought that too. I was like, oh, wow. Have I been saying it wrong? No, surely it is the people in the show who are wrong. Surely it's just Axe Wolf that's wrong. 
I, I have an admission to make about Axe Woves. This is my apology letter. <laughs> okay, so you know how for the past like week, everyone was being like, I wonder if there's a spy because the last episode was called The Spies. And there was a lot of stuff about the armor. And I was like, leave her alone. Leave that white woman alone. Um, I have to have solidarity with my people, white women. Um, <laughs> and here's the thing. I didn't believe that the spies referred to anything. Spoiler alert, it didn't refer to anything. Nobody was a spy. It did refer to the book of Exodus. Um, <laughs> uh, we were correct. Um, however, Rupa, common Rupe helps W. Yeah, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Common. What? Okay. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to give us the benefit of the doubt here. All right. We had Play in win- this space with we, me. We had a win with Zeb and with Axe. All I'm saying is this. When he started flying into space, number one, I went... How is that possible? And then number two, I was like, and then he was like, all right, everybody clear out of the ship. I'm going to drive. I'm going to be real with you guys. I did not trust him in that moment. I was not 100% trusting him, especially given his racist comments about Din Djarin. I thought he was about to turn on everybody. So when he did try to save everybody, and for a second, I thought he was going to sacrifice himself. Um, I was like, oh, I feel like kind of a bitch for thinking badly about actual <laughs> I do like how you're talking about him like he's a real person like you're like I'm really sorry Axe if you're reading if you're listening to this anyway this is my formal apology to Axe Wolves and to Mel the president of Axe Wolves Nation I doubted your man and I'm so sorry and here's the problem I did too I did too I did the thing I can't have shit I can't have shit I don't trust white men in large so I I saw him do the things that he was doing, and I said, "Damn, Axe, can't have shit." So it was a pleasant surprise to see him slay so hard, and then also fucking do the gritty in front of Stalin Geos's corpse as he was like, "I can get out of my situation. Can you?" Hey, you know that I'm sorry that happened to you, Mel, but the, I will take the W here because I didn't doubt Axe. <laughs> I was about to say, I didn't either. Noah, quick, you're the tiebreaker. I didn't doubt Axe or the armorer. And so, not to be a bitch on main, but I was laughing at everyone being like, oh, I bet Axe is the spy. Or, oh, I bet the armorer is a spy. And I'm just like, I bet no one is a spy. (laughs) I think you're all just mean. Claudia said something earlier. This is a little bit shifting, but Claudia said something where she was like, yeah, we win, guys. Like, you guys are winning. You got Axe, you got Zeb. And now I'm thinking about Zax or Ebb. But I'm just saying, listen, I know the girlies are obsessed with Kalazeb. I like it too. But if they were going to be like, yeah, they broke up and now he's with Axe, I wouldn't be mad. <laughs> That's the Star Wars version of Mel and Ollie. What? <laughs> what? No, that would be Fen Rao and Zeb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, also- Are you calling me a xenophobic, Claudia? What the Here's- fuck? <laughs> I also feel like I have to come out and say, I don't necessarily feel like I'm a lot like Zeb. I feel like if I was anyone on the okay, ghost right crew, I now, feel like okay. I'm, I'm in the middle of a sentence, Mom. Holly's wearing a purple shirt while saying I'm not like Zeb. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, and it's also kind of, it's tie-dye, so it kind of looks like his stripes, but fuck you. What I'm saying is I don't even feel like I'm the most Zeb-coded member of this podcast. Who is? You. Me? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm the old, grumpy, gay uncle? Yeah, who acts like a child sometimes, Loki. 
Yeah. Sometimes you do a funny little accent. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wait, can we quick? Can, can I quick can, get a quick who's who of? I know. Yeah. I have an Both answer. Threes. Okay. I have an answer. Mel, your Hera. Um, I feel like I not to be like I'm Caden coded, but I feel like he's the member of the ghost crew that I am the most. I mean, he I is the most the mentally most. ill. So he definitely is. Caden does take mood stabilizers. Dave Filoni told me himself. Um. I feel like Claudia is Zeb. I feel like Noah is Sabine and Jess is Ezra. That's my oh, RuPaul's okay. Rebels fan cast. So you just assign Claire uh Callus at yeah. birth. A cab. <laughs> I've thought I've thought about this extensively. It's really embarrassing. Anyway, Fuck, what was I going to talk? There's something I wanted to bring up. Uh, oh, yeah, at the end, when they're having the baptisms again, and um, Din Grogu, how how we all feel about Din Grogu? All I got to say is this. I love when Star Wars is like, we're going to be culturally competent only by accident, though. They're like, yeah, of course there can be people who, from whatever culture that they're from, whether that's different kinds of Mandalorians, because... Uh, if you guys didn't know, apparently Rook cast also their clan name is Rook. Uh, apparently, different kinds of Mandalorians, or we're taking from Din's uh, source culture. Shout out to Mandalorians for respecting his birth culture. Um, great that there are people in Star Wars where their family name comes first. Wish we had ever established that before. Okay, um, I will say, when would that have been established? Like, I feel like I we have any, not any character naming. Just fucking throw it in random. I mean, that's her, but that's what they did with Dinjarin. And I think here's the thing that I I feel like I've seen so many brain dead takes is people being like, why didn't they tell us this was how his name was earlier? I'm like, when would they have done that? Not enough most people, people most call, called him Mando. <laughs> yeah, not enough people call him Dinjarin to make that relevant. Yeah. So I'm like, I, I feel like I understand being upset because it's like, oh, this was not how I pictured. And especially in a show that has relatively such little content compared to the size of the fan base and the amount of fan work about it. But I feel like the main people who are like, like when you get really upset because you're like, why didn't they tell us sooner? Or like, why? This is so stupid. Didn't should be his first name. I'm sorry that there's a whole chapter in Rough Day where Reader <laughs> finds out that Din is his name and then continues to be like, oh my God, Din's such a good name for you. I'm sorry that that is no longer canon. Timothy Zahn being like, decanonized again? But I think it's really cool that his name convention convention is a little different. Yeah. And I think we need to also accept that, like, that is a thing. So people are like, oh, my God, his first name is Jaren. I'm like, no, his given name is Jaren. There are different cultures around the world whose family name goes first. Thinking about it in first and last name. And being like, his first name second is, it's a very, very Western way of thinking about naming conventions. So let's just, guys, before we speak, let's try to be culturally competent first. Also, I mean, I, I as we know, we don't know what, like, like you know, future seasons of The Mandalorian will hold. But I also do love the idea of, like, in a lot of cultures where, like, you know, family name comes first or whatever... Um, and if you don't know somebody that well, you'll call them uh, unless like their sibling is also there or something like you'll call them by their last name unless you guys are close. Um, so everyone calling him Din still would make sense. Um, you know, it, people who know his name because everybody else is just calling him Mando, which in retrospect, I guess is like in universe racist, but we won't get to that. Um, but he's like, yeah, call me Mando, I guess, because he doesn't want to give out his name. But like 
calling somebody by their last name very common um i think star wars fans just need to watch a little bit a little bit more anime and calm down yeah, or like, maybe <laughs> okay i like that you're like this real life group of people who has this same naming convention you should just watch anime and then you can learn I, about eastern I culture no, no, no. Like- it's not that it's more just like the people that people were so jar like jarred by it whatever i w- i was jarred by it because i was like star wars Do- doing something that real people do in real life wow okay we haven't established that all right go on um but everyone else was like this is so co-. i was like i mean it's not confusing I wanted to say, because I started to say yeah, but then Claudia also at the same time was like, you should watch anime. I was not saying yeah to like, oh, you should watch <laughs> anime. I will advocate against well, against watching anime. Anime <laughs> no, was a mistake. I was I was saying yeah about like, uh, um, you know, there's different naming conventions. And not everyone in Star Wars is referred to by their first name. Like, fucking us. All, the fandom always being like Callus when his first name is Alexander. So, like, there's that, too. I also, okay, I also love for Callus. one of the things that Dave Filoni said is that he didn't have a first name until season three because because bad guys don't get first names. <laughs> and I, I, that shit stuck with me. That is the funniest also, shit. Also, everyone always refers to Hawks as Hawks because Armitage is a stupid name. So. Well, because bad guys don't get first names. Well, and also a lot of the military, a lot of the military characters, but also I was thinking about it like, uh, obviously, like when they're in the Grand Army, the Republic, a lot of the Jedi are like General Kenobi or whatever. But a lot of people be like, "Oh, Kenobi, Ventress always, oh, it most of the time refers to him as Kenobi or whatever." Like, th- there's pre- there's precedent for it, I think. Um, I-, I I think much like well, people were also talking about how like, oh, now he's finally his son. I feel like people were like, "All right, that's cool." I wish we had established this earlier. He is our main character. Would have been cool to find that out earlier. I was like, it was a little, putting that aside, it was a little weird that it was like, oh, now he's finally his son? I was like, I feel like we've called him his son before. Din never refers to Grogu as his son. He only ever refers to Grogu as Grogu or the kid. Or his ward. Yeah, yeah, his ward, his apprentice, like, this season. Because, like, earlier when he had Grogu fight Ragnar, he's like, this is my apprentice. But yeah, Din never actually called Grogu his kid. It's everyone else that's just like, oh, yeah. Your your kid, your dad to the two of them, and then they they just made it official now. Okay, like they finally are getting their paperwork done. But like, I guess it's like the unspoken. Like, yeah, since this kid, I'm the one taking care of them. I'm basically their parent. But now we've got our government, <laughs> our government documents about this. I yeah, I really liked that. I, I liked that it was like, because I, I, I feel like this is part of like the. Din's character arc is like this season was him learning about like not necessarily learning but like leaning into community and then being like and now I have like a family unit like sort of becoming more connected to others I thought that was just a little cool theme for him this season sorry Mel I did not I did not mean to talk over you that's okay um congratulations Dinjarin Grogu is now a tax write-off I do want to say one thing that I didn't like was that the whole season is about like him reconnecting with his culture and uniting his culture and helping the people of his culture and whatever and taking back their homeland and whatever. And then at the end, they're like, and his happy ending 
because we don't know. His happy ending is that he lives apart from everybody. And you're like, great, he could go on adventures. Why can he not be based out of the planet of the culture that he cares a lot about and has been a bounty hunter his whole life to help, like, fund them and his fa- I was like, I was like, I, I mean, I get it for this. I was like, you could still have the same setup. Why has he got to have a second half? I'm like, you know what? I love a man who has boundaries with his family. He's a bi-coastal freelancing girly. He's what I want to be. Like, I get it. But, like, I, it was a little weird to be like, his family and his culture are so important. Anyway, he's going to go live in a one-bedroom apartment with his son by himself. And you're like, wait, what? Huh? Um, I, I guess they want to go back to the, the lone gunslinger thing. It definitely goes back to, like, westerns whatever of like ah he's finally settled down or whatever i get i liked that um but that part to me was a little antithetical to the themes of the whole thing um so it was a bit jarring get it it was it was it was, it was jarring anyways it's actually din anyways um so kind of in that same vein i did want to talk about that kind of end where din is in his homesteader era um I think that, like, I don't know, it made sense to me because they wanted to wrap up Din's character in a nice little bow while we waited for Dave Filoni's Mandoverse movie situation. Um, and I do think that it is kind of antithetical to, like, a lot of the the themes of this season. However, I do think that, like, once again, it, it all comes down to, like, we can't expect a, uh, a corporate machine like this to to fulfill fulfill that narrative um because we live in a society and specifically in an american society um with the 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 idea of homesteading and rugged individualism that it makes sense that din is is doing his own thing on his own also followed by i think it's kind of fun that din's doing his own thing on his own like do I think narratively it'd be more rewarding if he's with his community? Yes, but also I think it's kind of cool that Din's getting some time by himself and with his son. That he's just like, okay, this this is my house. Entry, please. Um, I think that's important. Well, what you said about his community, I guess one could argue that also through his travels, um, he has also built a community that's not just Mandalorians. Like clearly, like he grief Karga has become a, almost like family to him. Obviously, got Peli Motto like all these different people that he's met along the way, but like maybe the real Mandalore was the friends we met along the way. Like one could argue that. And like, he now trusts Carson Teva enough. Like, you know, he has created a community. One one could argue his community has extended beyond just his own culture. One could argue that, but I do agree that it's like, we can only expect so much. I feel like I don't really have anything else to say that hasn't already been said. I really liked, I, I liked this finale. I do agree to a certain extent that I think, the pacing of this episode this episode this season was a little bit all over the place but that being said i do enjoy how this finale wrapped up a lot of the themes um i thought it was so cool one thing no one has mentioned yet was freaking chad grogu versus virgin kanan because grogu was like no fuck you guys i'll stop this fucking fire and i will say i know it was a completely different situation i'm not being like oh grogu should have been kanan could have done it grogu did blah 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 Obviously, I'm not saying that, but I really loved Grogu having his sleigh moment. Like, I was, I loved that scene so much because it also, like, is very um, reminiscent of the scene where he protects the squad from the um, the fire troopers in season one. I just, 
I love all the fire bending Grogu. No, literally. But I just, I really liked that scene, and I loved Bo Katan versus. Uh, Moff Gideon. I just love her being like, no, you know what? Fuck you. I got my homies. I don't need you. I don't need this stupid ass sword. Die. She was so real. Anyway, this was a good season for Bo-Katan girlies. I I did also realize that that scene that you mentioned, um, there's also like the whole theme of like, is it? I think it's a line in like season two of the Mandalorian of like a Jedi and a, a Jedi and a Mandalorian. They'll never see it, see it coming. Like, and that's such a theme throughout like the Clone Wars and Rebels, and now the several seasons of the Mandalorian. Like, whenever a, whenever a Jedi and a Mandalorian comes together, they do great things as friends or besties or tragic star cross lovers. Shout out to Obi Wan and Satine. Um, <laughs> But like, um, it, it, I was just like, oh, I like that little callback. I think that is probably Dave's favorite little factoid. It was fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, I am a little sad Gideon perished in a fire because I feel like he still had more potential to be a bad guy, but whatever. We, we can't change anything about that. Um, it could have been a clone. It could have been a clone who died. No, I think that's the real Gideon. <laughs> Unless we get Gideon with two E's or something next season, but um, but yeah, it was, it was a yeah a good time. Grogu, why do you flip like that? For whom do you flip? For whom, For whom the Grogu, the Grogu flips? flips? My my final thoughts are that uh, I thought it was like a good like season finale. Um, I'll be really interested to see, like, how it all works on the rewatch. I know that, like, a lot of people felt like this season was kind of choppy. I almost want to see, like, all three seasons together. I feel much like Rebels. Um, it probably is better in the binge and better in the rewatch. That being said, the eight-episode season is a scourge on all of television. So that being said, I, I blame that. I, I do feel like it probably works a lot better from the macro perspective um, and like seeing them all together than, you know, over the course of several years where we have a bunch of shit in between. Uh, that being said, having the book of Boba Fett in the middle of there doesn't help um, with all that. Um, I will say pretty much the only thing that I didn't like was, uh, yes, Grogu had his little slay, slay moments. And it wasn't that I don't like Grogu being there. It was just like, number one, I said this before, it's ridiculous that he's the only one coming along for the ride uh, when there are other younglings and other and other foundlings and other apprentices who did not come along for the ride. And he like he just got his fucking mobile suit Grogu and and like, yeah, you're going to bring him along. And like so all the little scenes with like Din being like, OK, well, you have to help me, whatever. I'm like, this is very this is very much like the Jedi have teen apprentices in the war just because the Clone Wars is a show for kids on Cartoon Network. Like, I, I, I get it. It's stretching it, whatever. But it's also, like, the whole thing is, like, Din wants to protect Grogu. And he's like, so you're going to bring him on, like, the most important mission where something could happen to him. Whatever. I will say, like, they had so many slay fight scenes or whatever. And then, like, the fight scene with the Praetorian guards. It was, like, Praetorian guards versus Din. And then Grogu basically being thrown, like, a potato sack around. I thought that was kind of dumb. That being said, I'm not going to hold it against the show that much. It's camp. It's Star Wars. It's stupid. I don't care that much. I just was, like, I had to suspend my disbelief a little bit. Where I was, like, and why is Grogu here? Like, he, sh- he, shouldn't, he shouldn't be here. Um, oh, again and again. But, okay. Sure, Jan. Um, I will also say... Do I advocate for more? I hate using the word cameos, whatever. No. However, it did make me a little sad that we know Sabine is coming, but like 
the retaking of Mandalore and Sabine wasn't there. I know we will probably find out why in the Ahsoka series, whatever, but it did make me just a little sad that she wasn't there. Um, Because, you know, the history of the Darksaber and everything is, and the history of Mandalore has been so tied to her and whatever. So I was, I was a little sad about that, to be honest. But otherwise, I thought it was very slay. I had a great time. The way that the armor and Bo-Katan look at each other, I'll think about that for a long time. Um, women, am I right? I take back anything bad that I said about Dave Filoni and women before. Hey guys, do we think Snoke is a Moff Gideon clone who's doing white face? <laughs> Can't do this. No. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Name That Ship, everyone's favorite segment where one of us hosts brings the fic and lists the tags and others have to figure out what the ship of the fic is and like always we want to preface this with saying you know we support fanfic writers and we're not trying to be mean or bully anyone because yeah fanfic writers are out there putting in all the work we see you and appreciate you and we're just doing this to celebrate the love of fanfic um anyway which is just titled the mandalorian um so the tags are character a slash character b character a and character b character a character b um if i say some of these characters it will give away one of the characters right away so I'm going to skip two of these. Um, yeah, I'm going to skip a couple of these characters. Um, Baby Luke Skywalker. Sheev Palpatine, Darth Sidious. Anakin Skywalker, Darth Vader. Yoda Star Wars. Um, Omera Star Wars. Hondo Onaka. And then um, alternate universe, space opera, road trips, action slash adventure, action and romance, pre-slash, Banff character B, protective character A, they are sassy space dads, and then post-Star Wars, Revenge of the Sith, comedy, attempt at humor, song fic. So this is two men. Is one of them Obi-Wan? Yes, this is two man, and yes, character B is Obi Wan. <laughs> okay, uh, Quinlan Voss. No, I like the idea of just bringing just like a completely normal ship, like Obi Wan and Quinlan, and just being like, anyway, guess this crazy ship. Um, so Obi Wan's character B, character A. This is post. I'm sorry, you said this is. What movie is this after? Post Revenge of the Sith. Post Revenge of the Sith. So this, okay. Is one of them Owen Lars? No. Damn it. Is one of them Fen Rao? No. But okay. I like where your head's at, Mel. A Mandalorian? So it's a Mandalorian? Yes. Yeah, so that's why the fic is called the Mandalorian. Oh, <laughs> oh right. <laughs> Dinjarin. It is Dinjarin slash Obi-Wan Kenobi. Ew, Obi-Wan. Who is a one? child? This is pervert. A, a weird... I think an alternate universe, like it said. And, um, yeah, the other characters I did mention were Quill, 
and um grief karga oh. and the armor and grogu <laughs> that's wow. wild are we ready for my fan fiction that i've brought today i'm very excited because i've scanned this 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 is crazy and this person's also updating fix like based on this sort of au still like today like just updated today and i'm like very excited to go through their backlog um yeah so this is teen and up it is rated general general audiences there's here's the interesting thing this is character a and character b and then character b slash character c so there is one like platonic relationship and one romantic relationship both involving character a there's character a character b character c hurt comfort angst implied reference to torture character a is a good bro protective character a force sensitive character a character b needs a hug so character a is not regularly force sensitive um I'm going to read you the summary. <laughs> Once upon a time, character A was captured by Imperials for information about character B. Now it's her turn, except they aren't nearly as merciful to her as they were to him. So basically, character A got kidnapped for information. And then later they kidnapped character B for information. And they, like, beat the fuck out of character B because so character... They, it's the Empire. Okay, so character A is a man? Character A is a man, yes. And character B is a woman? Yes. And, is and character this is, C... that is not the romantic ship. That okay. is a friendship. And character C is a man? Character C is a man, yes. Okay. Okay. Are, are these characters, are any of these characters normally Jedi or Force-sensitive? No. However, in this AU... Character A is a Jedi. Maul? No. Are any of these, so these from the original trilogy, Rebels, prequels, Clone Wars, or are they from various things? Um, so these characters are, um, two of them are in Clone Wars. And then one of them is from Clone Wars. One of them is in Rebels exclusively. And one of them is in both Clone Wars and Rebels. Do any of them already interact and are friends with each other in, in um, text? Or? I don't remember if we ever see character B and character C have definitely been in the same episode. I'm pretty sure they've interacted, but I don't remember them having like a conversation, but they definitely have. Character A is the one who I'm like, I don't think that he would know either of these people. Certainly not character C in canon, at least. So none of them are Jedi. Are there any of them clones? Yes. Character A is a clone. Rex. No. Cody. No. Wolf. No. Gregor. No. Bat. No. No. Echo. No. Oh Five. my god. No. <laughs> no. <Bat>. No. <laughs> Omega. Hunter. No, it's not a member of the fucking bad batch. Why would it be Omega? <laughs> I don't know. No. There's a character, a clone character who's very popular. Boba Crosshair? No! Not a measure of the Bad Batch! Oh, I said Bowser! Oh. No. Who's Did you guys say it and Cody? I missed it? No. It's not off. Oh, okay. From the Jesse. 
from the 501st, not Jesse. Fives? No, not fives. Dogma? Oh my god, Claudia, no. <laughs> okay, who, who's popular? Who, fucking... Yes, who else is in the 501st? Jesse and Kix. Yes! <laughs> oh my god. Wow. This is, so sorry, this is the, the entire 501st. <laughs> this, no, is, this is this is Kix and Kix and character B. Kix slash character C. Okay, character A slash character C. Yeah. And character oh, C is a man, C's, you said. Character, character a C is a man. So it's Kix and a man. And then the friend is a woman. Yeah. Okay, is the woman Hera? No. <laughs> you said it's it was from Rebels. She, she, the, she is, character character B is a woman. She is in both the Clone Wars and Rebels. Bo-Katan. It's Bo-Katan. Shut up. <laughs> Kix and Bo-Katan. Yeah. It's Bo-Katan and then a man. Fen Rao? <laughs> no, but you're not as far off as you may think. So it's a Mandalorian? Yes, he's a Mandalorian. Paz Vizsla. It's not Axel. It's not Paz Vizsla. He's in Rebels. Previsla? <laughs> no, it's... Gar Saxon. No. Gar Saxon. No, it's he's not He's a Mandalorian Gar- who was in... Re- Tristan Wren. No, but you're close. <laughs> uh, Ursa Wren. No. Tristan Wren. Ulrich Wren. It is Ulrich Wren. <laughs> Wait, so wait, wait. Ulrich, what are you doing? You're married. Bo-Katan slash Ulrich Ren. No, no, no. It's it's Kix slash Ulrich No, this is Bo-Katan. Okay, I actually did skim this. I, I did read it. Holy shit. I don't know why I lied. I'm going to say that. I actually did read this. Basically, Kix is a clone Jedi. Slay. And they're like, oh my god, you're a Jedi? That's crazy. And you're a clone? That's crazy. He and Bo-Katan are like brother and sister. Okay. They are like very that. close. Also, Ulrich Ren is like just his boyfriend. Which Which I love because obviously he divorced his wife and his wife is, I think is this dating, is um is dating Bo-Katan. I I don't think that's quite the vibe of this fic. However, No, no, I, I just I know Kix, that in my heart because she was in the Night Owls. I think that <laughs> I I do believe that um uh, Kix is like the last Jedi. Like this is post Order sixty six. I think I might be misreading it. I did the read it. Last fast. Jedi starring Kix. Anyway, <laughs> I'm just I'm kind of low key obsessed with this. I love this. I'm just the Kix slash Ulrich Ren is so inspired. Like how how wow. did you come to that? And I'm obsessed with it. The last Jedi where everything is the same except for it's Kix who won't train Ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPalp's Pod Race. Episodes drop every Sunday. For updates, Star Wars news, and more cursed shit, follow us on social media at RuPalp's Pod Race. Want to ask us a question? Send them to our TikTok Q&A, Tumblr Ask box, or email us at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. If you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, or Overcast, and tell a friend who might be interested. It really helps. And may the force be with you. And don't grip it up. Waka 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 waka. In the words of Axwells, from Mandalore, but in a British accent. <laughs> <laughs>